evening, everyone. It is my uh, <clears throat> sincere delight to be here. It's my sincere honor and privilege to be here with you. I'm so grateful, as Brother John said, for the Lord's people. Aren't you so thankful to find men and women that the Lord has caused to bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ? What a what a great blessing and honor. I was just sitting here thinking as, as we were singing and uh, worshiping. We are members of his great congregation. One of these days we're going to sit down with all of his people in one great congregation. And we're going to worship him from the bottom of our souls. And this is... This is that same congregation right now. And I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to Brother John for inviting me to come. I'm thankful to Kathy for having us in her home. I'm just thankful. Turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 11. <laughs> Romans chapter 11. I would like for us to glorify and praise and worship and honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ tonight. And I'd like to read from verse 33 down to verse 36, the end of the chapter. Romans 11, beginning in verse 33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor? Or who hath first given to Him and it shall be recompensed unto Him again? For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. If the Lord ever allows a person to enter into His glory and His honor and His perfection and His Fullness. If, if the Lord ever allows a person to enter into who he really is, as Paul is saying right here, when you get down to it, this is all you can say. God is God. Amen. When you get right down to it, God is If he ever reveals who he is. There's a dear brother in Kingsport who came in a few years ago because he saw our signs. We have a sign in front of our building. It says, Kingsport Sovereign Grace Church. And he was headed to his place that he was not happy with. And uh, he had to meet. Some family was in town. And he met them for breakfast before he went to church. And so he doesn't normally come from breakfast. So he took a road he doesn't normally take. And on this road was a church building with a sign that said Kingsport Sovereign Grace Church. And he saw the word sovereign. And he pulled his car over. He said, you see that? It says sovereign. And he came in, and I wasn't there that day. One of the men was 
preaching for me. But he sat down and listened. And they said, I wish you'd come back and meet our pastor. And he said, well, I will. So he came back next Sunday. And he walked in. And they introduced me to him. And I met him. Nice guy. And talked to him for a minute. And he said, I came in because your sign said sovereign. I said, yeah. Right? He said, you know... He said, I'm tired of people trying to convince me that God is not God. I said, Amen. Me too. Welcome. When you get right down to it, God Almighty is the sovereign God Almighty. He is the sovereign God Almighty. He does what He wants when he wants, with whom he wants. This is God. This is God. Don't you wish men and women could see this and could know this and could bow to the true and living God? Not these made-up idols that men and women have made up all over the place. God. God does what he wants, when he wants, with whom he wants. And he's right in doing it. Everything that he does, he's right in doing it. He's perfect about all of his ways. All of his ways. Now, in Romans 11, each line here deserves an eternity of pondering. And I love the thought that one day we will be able to ponder these for eternity. Not one word of his will ever fail. But let's just see if the Lord will allow us to touch on and have a glimpse of what the Apostle Paul is saying here about our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Almighty God. Verse 33, if you look at Romans 11, verse 33, he said, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How could we possibly grasp the fullness of that? Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom. I tell you, this is comfort to a child of God. Yes, sir. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The depth of the wisdom. The depth of the knowledge. And the depth of His willingness to apply it and to impart it to us. The riches of His wisdom. That He's willing. He's made known to us. 1 Corinthians 1 says, He is made unto us wisdom. Look with me if you would at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3 verse 16. Paul is praying some things on behalf of the Lord's people here. And verse 16 he said, I pray that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory 
to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What is the fullness of God? Christ Amen. is the fullness of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.19 says, It pleased the Father that in Him, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, if a person ever gets a hold of this, if God ever reveals this, they will know everything they need to know about wisdom, knowledge. It pleased the Father that in the Lord Jesus Christ should all fullness dwell. All fullness. All the riches of God. All the riches of God. Ephesians 1 talks about the riches of His grace. Don't you love grace? Don't you love favor? Don't you love a free gift from God Almighty? The riches of His grace. That's Christ. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the gift of God. The next verse in John 3. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. We, we try to associate that so flippantly by saying, could you imagine giving your own child? That is no comparison. No. God the Father gave God the Son. God the Son. God, what a gift. What a gift. Christ is the riches of God's grace. Ephesians 2 talks about the riches of His mercy. Don't you love mercy? I'll tell you who loves mercy. Somebody who needs mercy. Christ is the mercy of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, He is the mercy of God. The only way that God, the holy God, the fact that God is holy, what that means is He must do right. People think salvation is God sweeping a bunch of stuff under the rug and then turning a blind eye to it. That is not it. He's holy and He must do what's right. And the only way that God can show mercy to a sinner like me is by taking all of my sin, laying it on His Son, and then punishing His Son for my sin. That's the only way. Judging Him for my sin. Pouring out His wrath. We cannot imagine what Christ suffered enduring the wrath of God. If we could ever comprehend the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and the fullness of the riches of Christ. If we could ever really comprehend that. Everything that He is. All the fullness that's in Him. This verse would slay us. If we could ever comprehend that, this verse would slay us. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 
2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Just amazing. Just amazing. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, all the fullness of the riches of Jesus Christ, though He was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. That means he gave his grace to us, to his people. He gave all of it. All of his gift. He gave his mercy to his people and he gave all of it. God even gave his wisdom God gave his knowledge when he gave Christ. He gave everything, though he was rich with all things. For the sake of his people, he made himself to be poor. That we, through his poverty, might be rich. Oh, the depth of the riches. The depth, the height, the length, the breadth of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for his people. Go with me back to... Romans 11. Verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. I told Brother John earlier today, I get a little excited sometimes and I have everybody turn all over the scriptures. If you want to follow me, you can. But we're going to turn a little bit here. We're going to go to Job 11. If you want to look with me, go to Job chapter 11. Job 11 verse 7 says, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? Man in his ignorance says, I'm going to go search out God. I'm going to go seek God. And I'm going to go find God. And God says right here, no you're not. Not without me. Not unless I reveal these things. Verse 8, he says, It is. I and my ways are high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men. He seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? This is in his hands. All of the wisdom and treasures of God. This is in his hands to give. It's in his hands to reveal. David said in Psalm 139. He said, I, I have not searched you. You've searched me. I haven't known you. You've known me. He said, when I consider you. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. 
Can a man figure out God? People say, well, I think God is like this. Okay. Can a man figure out God? Moses said in Deuteronomy 29, he said, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But he said, those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. And I was so thankful that God, this high and holy, unsearchable God, would condescend Himself to reveal who He is to such low worms as we are. What grace, what kindness. This is glorious to me. Look with me back at Romans 11. Verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? So amazing. Who hath known the mind of the Lord? Do you know who has? By His grace, by His revelation. We have. We have. Moses said the secret things belong to him. But he said the revealed things, the things that he has revealed to us in his word. He has revealed his mind to us. He has revealed his will, his heart, his desire, his purpose, the purpose of God Almighty. He has revealed that to us. If you want to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Who hath known the mind of the Lord? Well, he said, we have the mind of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been given the mind of Christ. Where? Right here in His Word. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 1. Just a few more pages over to Ephesians 1, verse 8. It says... Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure, his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself. And that's how it goes. It's his will, it's his pleasure, it's his purpose. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things out of, after the counsel of His own will. Aren't you so glad? Aren't you so thankful that we don't get our way? 
Aren't you so thankful it's His way? And I love this verse right here. Verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Who's that talking about? That's talking about the Father. He was the first one to trust the Lord Jesus Christ according to His will and His purpose. He handed everything into the hands of the Son of God. And He said, I trust you to handle all the work. And He did. He did. He accomplished every bit of it. But that's His mind. That's His will that He purposed in Himself. Go with me over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The Lord Jesus Christ being God Almighty, He knew who He was. The equal member of the Trinity of God. Verse 7 says, But He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Oh, the depth. The depth of the riches, the riches of the depth. He humbled himself. He condescended and brought himself all the way down, even to the death of the cross. Now, because that was the mind and the will of God the Son, this is the mind and the will of God the Father. Look at verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What blessed people we are if we're allowed to do that. If we are caused to do that. Bow the knee to Him. How amazing is it that we have been given the mind of God. The will, the purpose of God Almighty. The mind of the Father was to give an undeserving people to the Son for Him to lose none of them. And the mind of the Son was to take them from the Father and do just that. Lose none of them. Redeem them. Raise them up again at the last day. He said, Father, I want them for mine inheritance. I love in, in uh, Psalm 2 where the Father said, If you ask of me, I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. Mm -hmm. He must have asked. <laughs> I'll take them. I'll raise them up. I want them to be with me where I am. Oh, the depth of that knowledge. Thank God we know that. Thank God we have that. We have the mind of the fullness of God in the person and in the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me back at Romans 11. Verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, 
How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? For who hath been his counselor? Who has been his counselor? The answer is nobody. Nobody. In prayer, man thinks he needs to counsel God on what he needs to do and how he needs to handle situations. And I'll just tell you, we've all been guilty of it. We pray to him as though we're going to inform him, okay, this is what's going on, and this is how we think it would be best handled. Wouldn't we be wise to stop doing that? I wish I could learn that. I'm serious about that. I honestly wish I could learn that. I just want to learn to say, Thy will be done. Not my will, but thine be done. You know what's best. You always do right. As Isaiah 9, 6 says, the government is on your shoulders. You're the counselor. You're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. You're the Prince of Peace. Even the things that seem to be bad. You know, we have so many things and, and when they... When news comes to us, it's just devastating sometimes. And we just think it's so bad. You know that every single time it turns out to be good? It may not turn out the way we wanted it to go, but it turns out to be good. I love the story of uh, George Whitfield. He was a preacher back in the 1700s, and he. Uh, he was telling on himself. He was called to go preach in a town that was a distant horse ride over. And he, he was headed there on a one particular night of the week and it was dark and it was raining on him. It was just pouring rain on him. And he was soaking wet. And he was headed down here to preach and he said he was just in a bad way. He just said he, he had a bad attitude. He said, I just had a bad attitude. I was riding and he said, I was asking the Lord, why all this rain, Lord? Why so much rain? I, I'm going to preach your word and why do I have to be so miserable? Why do I have to be so cold and so wet? And he said, I just, I was just soaking, sopping, miserable and complaining. And he said, all of a sudden I came around a corner and a, and a man jumped out with a flint pistol to rob him. And he fired it. And the flint was so wet it wouldn't go off. Yeah. And, he, and he said he hightailed it out of there crying, thank you for the rain. <laughs> you know what's best. Don't you wish we could learn to say, Lord, you know what's best. In this moment, I don't see it, but you do. Sure. Who has been his counselor? Hit all the depth of the wisdom depth of the knowledge, the depth of everything he's doing with his people, for his people. Lord, you're doing right. The judge of the earth is going to do right. Amen. Just teach us that. Let us bow to that. Thy will be done. Verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. 
For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? False religion is built on man's works. The way that a person can know if he or she is in a false religion, I would want to know that. I want to know it right now. The way that a person can know if he or she is in a false religion is by asking this question. Is my salvation dependent on what I am going to do for God? Is my salvation dependent on what I am going to give to God? If it is, if my hope of salvation starts with me doing for Him, or if it starts with me giving to Him, I'm in a false religion. That's right. Verse 35 says, Who hath first given to Him, and it shall be recompensed unto Him again? The answer is nobody. Nobody. There is nothing that a man can give to God without God giving to that man or that woman first. What do we have that we have not received? God is in need of nothing. That, that is glorious news to me because I don't have anything to give to Him. I really don't. I don't have anything to give to Him. You say, well, we have our sin. Yeah, but we couldn't even give that to Him. He had to willingly take it from us. He gets the credit for that. He gets the glory for all that. So what this verse right here means is because man cannot do anything for God and man cannot give anything to God, God doesn't owe man anything. He doesn't owe man anything. And that's what makes this whole thing be grace. It's all grace. The reason salvation is by grace is because man could not earn it and God did not owe it, but God gave it anyway, who is rich in mercy for his great love or with he loved his people. He gave it anyway. Man didn't start the work. Man doesn't finish the work. Man has no claim on it. No claim on the work of salvation. Verse 36 says, For of Him, and through Him, and to Him, are all things. All things pertaining to life, all things pertaining to forgiveness, all things pertaining to redemption, all of it was of Him. Out of His willingness, out of His sacrifice, out of His generosity, all of it was of Him. Just listen to these. James 1.18 says, of His own will. This is one of my favorite verses. i got thousands of them. This is one of them. It says, of His own will begat He us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Of His own will. John 1.16 says, Of His fullness have all we received and grace for grace. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, Of God are you in Christ Jesus. How do we get in Christ? I used to ask that question when I was a kid. 
I heard men stand up and say, you must be in Christ. And I used to think, how do you get in Christ? So I think that's a good question. Of God, are you? That's God's doing. Of Him and through Him. John 3, 17 says, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, His elect, out of the world, through Him, through His sacrifice, through His blood, through His death, might be saved. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Romans 8, 37 says, We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Through Him, through Him. It is of Him. It is through Him. Look to Him. Look to Him. I had, there's, there are moments where um, things happen. The Lord allows things to happen that you just don't forget them uh, as a pastor. And, and, you know, just everybody had moments. This is one I won't forget. I was talking, I tell these stories in Kingsport all the time. I love telling it to people I've never told it to. But, uh, I, was ta- I had the privilege of talking to a group of people a few years ago who had come out of a very hard bondage religion. And it was all about progressing in sanctification and uh, just the bondage of the law and just looking to yourself to see you know, holiness. And the Lord was bringing them out of that. And... Uh, I had the privilege of talking to them and, and we were talking about 1 Corinthians 1.30 which says that of God are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Christ is our wisdom. And that's what we were talking about. If you know Christ, you know everything you need to know. If anybody asks you something, just say Christ. What's your hope? Christ. Where's your forgiveness? Christ. Where's your righteousness? Where's your good works? Christ. Amen. But but what about your good deeds? You've got to produce these good deeds for God to be pleased with you and say, well done. Where's your well done good deeds? You're going to have to look at Christ for that. You can't look here. He's my righteousness. Well, what about your sanctification? What about that inner purity and that inner holiness? And you're going to have to look at Christ for that. He's my sanctification. This is sinful flesh, and that's all this is ever going to be. But He's my purity before God. What right do I have to be there? He is my right. He's my redemption. He's everything. Just look to Him. I was talking with a young man about this, and as we were talking about it, he was pondering these things. And he just kind of stared off for a minute, just dwelling on that. And he said, Isn't that so relaxing? Yes. Yeah. I said, Yeah. <laughs> so relaxing. Oh, that's just so relaxing. It's all of him. 
It's all through him. It's all to him. Amen. Of him, through him, to him. Sometime when you get a minute and you want something to read, read Psalm 136. It says over and over again, Oh, give thanks to him. To him who alone doeth great wonders. To him that by wisdom made the heavens. To him, to him, to him. The scripture says, To him give all the prophets witness. To him give all the people glory, honor, praise, thanks. That's going to forever be our cry in heaven. That will forever be our cry. May that be our cry right here, right now. Verse 36 says, For of him, 